On today's episode of the Thriving in Ministry podcast, we're talking about leading for the long game. How is it that you can set yourself up as a pastor or church leader to have a long tenure in ministry? All this on the Thriving in Ministry podcast. This is a Thriving in Ministry podcast brought to you by Daily Pastor. At Daily Pastor, we know that church leaders want to be better equipped for ministry. You need encouragement to not just survive, but thrive in the place where God has called you. I'm Kyle Willis, founder of Talent on Church Services. And as always, uh, Dace Clifton is back in studio with us. Uh, Dace, we're not, we don't really have a studio, do we, man? Well, my studio right now is somewhere on the Pacific Ocean uh, because I'm traveling and you are in the great state of Oklahoma. This is true. So you are in Washington. Are we allowed to say that? We are allowed to say that at the moment. Okay. How far is that from Canada? Man, I'm probably about 120 miles max to Canada. Okay. You're, are you going to Canada? No? Nah, the border's still closed. I'm, I am heading south. We're going to drive down the 101, the Pacific Coast Highway, until we can't stand it anymore. That's awesome. When are you heading out of Washington? I think in about... I think tomorrow, actually. We'll be in Oregon tomorrow and then California the following day. Holy cow, man. I had I created a list for you, and then when the fire started happening, I never sent it to you because I was like, I bet they're not going to go to California. Oh, there are fires? Oh, yeah. Uh, they, they're better now, but like literally the place I was going to tell you to go to, one of the places, Armstrong Redwood, uh, like caught on fire. Wow. Do you think I can still get to the Redwood National Park? Uh, which one? Well, wherever they filmed uh, Star Wars. <laughs> Your woods? Uh, yes. Yeah, so that one's good. So let, let's let's talk after this because give me some tips. As uh, people know, days you are on sabbatical. You're spending time uh, with the family, with the kids, traveling, getting rested, and, and just really having some time uh, outside of your, your church. But I got to ask you, uh, since you're in an RV, how has that experience been? Because this has been like a at least a year-long dream, if not a lifelong uh, <laughs> dream for you. Well, it is, uh, to be candid, it, it's been great. It's been f- wonderful to be uh, with the family like this. I mean, I've got two kids and my wife and, you know, ministry's busy and you don't get a chance to where, you know, you can, you can spend this much time with them. And, you know, it's also a sanctifying experience to be very honest with you. I think, uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, before we were recording, things can break on the RV. And, um, you know, when you're traveling with uh, smaller children, I've got a six-year-old and a nine-year-old, uh, interesting things can happen. And so we're, we're literally going throughout the Western United States, pulling a 30 some odd foot camper. And, uh, yeah, uh, dad can get a little stressed, you know, in, in, in serious traffic and things break and kids need to stop and pee every 24 seconds. And, and so it's, but it's really fun in spite of my lament, <laughs> it's actually a blast. We're having a great time. Did, uh, did your son have to hold the hubcaps when the tire, uh, when you had to change the tire? <laughs> Shout out to Christmas story. One of my favorite movies. You know, I, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, we haven't had any, and I hate, hesitate to say this, but by the grace of God, we've not had any tire issues and I think I've driven somewhere close to 6,000 miles at this point. So wow. funny thing is, is I've, I've done that. And then, you know, that we spent, you know, we spent about uh, three or four weeks in Colorado, uh, not really doing a lot of driving, but, but up there. And so, but, uh, the four weeks in Colorado was good. And then in September, we're going back there. I'll be elk hunting up there for a couple of weeks before we return home. That's cool. Very good, man. Well, I'm just glad you've had no, uh, 
day shouting events at the kids because if I was in a 30 foot RV uh, with my kids, I may have made it 72 hours um, and not several weeks. So uh, good for you, man. Good for you. Well, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't want to uh, exaggerate any uh, any appearance of uh, this is how smoothly this is going. So let me just say this. I have had to ask for my kids forgiveness more than once. Let me just put it that way with prefacing that with, hey, daddy's a little stressed pulling the camper. Please forgive me. <laughs> so, yeah. We can't stop. Just tell him, like, just put on your headphones. Like, let's. Uh, Daddy needs a minute uh, without any noise, without you talking. That's that, me. I'm really. This has been good for me. I'm glad that I'm not the only one who feels that way. You know, it's. You may feel that way when you're driving, but when you're pulling a camper on a road you've never been on somewhere in the Pacific Northwest, one of the heaviest concentrated traffic areas in the United States, you know, things can get a little stressful, but in spite of all that, yeah, it's been fantastic. You haven't even gotten to the one oh one yet. I'm so sorry. Um, You're scaring me. I'm scared. Yeah. Wait till you drive on that sucker. Mm. Yeah. That's going to be fun. All right. Uh, Well, Hey, I did, uh, you know, as a perfect segue here, uh, you know, you, have been traveling and we're talking about um, kind of the the journey or how to have a long lasting journey or tenure in ministry. And so as I'm sitting here thinking about it, man, there are some people on this journey, some pastors and church leaders listening who are, let's just say, in the middle of yelling at their kids. Uh, As a metaphor here, uh, maybe they're feeling a little disillusioned because of all the breaks that need to happen along the trip. And they just want to get to the destination. And so uh, I know we want to talk about that. But Dace, you've been in ministry for a while, uh, had your career before ministry. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the long game and how to create um, or really just to thrive in a long-term ministry. Well, I think it's a really important subject, Kyle. For one reason, the statistics are really stacked against those in ministry uh, for them finishing well. For example, I think the statistic that comes to mind is is that 90% of those that enter into ministry will not retire from that. I hesitate to call it a vocation or career, but from that calling, I guess would be the right way to say it. And I know of no other um, calling or career field that's that's like that. So, Dace, as we're talking about having a long tenure in ministry, can you start us off with the verse of the day? You bet. It's Mark 10, 45, which states, For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. And as we're talking about this uh, matter of serving, serving the kingdom, serving God, and and others for the long haul. I can't think of a better example than than the example of Jesus who who came to serve. And that's really a good part of what this verse is about. Obviously, it's about the atonement and his sacrificial death for, for our sins uh, so that we could have new life in Christ. But if we see at the first part of that verse, it says that he came to serve. And you know, this is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, pre-existent in eternity with God the Father before he came. And so he has all power and glory, and yet he came as a servant. And I think that's a good example for us in ministry, uh, because there are times when we serve and we sacrifice, and man, we just, we get weary, we get tired. 
and we don't want to go any further. And so Jesus' example, I think, is is the fuel that's going to help us go on in the long haul. So let's let's talk about this. Yeah, Dace, I'm curious. I mean, as you talk about that, you know, what are some of the the whys or from your experience or what have you dealt with? Uh, I really am curious because we've done some some podcasts around avoiding burnout or how to rest and charge really uh, but before we kind of talk about some of those maybe practical steps or encouragement for pastors I'm really just intrigued at at the why so what are those things that come up in the life of a ministry that can derail or frustrate or cause some of those, feelings of like, hey, I don't want to go on. What are those things? Well, Carl Walker asked me a question the other day that kind of hits right at the heart of this. He said, Dace, I know you've been a police officer. You've been on the SWAT team in a large urban metropolitan area, Dallas-Fort Worth. You know, what's more difficult, serving in that role or serving as a pastor? And, you know, without hesitation, for me and me alone, I, I said serving as a pastor. It's, it's been more challenging. It's been more difficult the demands have been greater. The reason why that is, is because in other career fields, and there's there's not a group I love more than law enforcement, by the way, and there's not a group that I respect more than them. But, uh, you know, when you're in ministry, the shift never ends and the demands uh, never stop, it seems. And they can come at very unlikely times. Unfortunately, a lot of times pastors and ministers, they're bearing those burdens alone. Uh, a lot of times pastors don't have the support structure uh, that they need to have. It can be lonely at the top, as it's been said before. And uh, so there's just really a whole host of issues that can come up to make a pastor's job or a ministry leader's job difficult. Uh, aside from the dynamic of, you know, serious spiritual opposition, you know, there's just the schedule, the uh, interruptions to family, the uh, demands of people, particularly those that maybe have unrealistic expectations when it comes to the pastor's time and what he or she does. And so it's just going to be really difficult. So days as we're talking, or as you're talking about some of those demands, what I'm sitting here thinking about is that call that comes in the middle of the night that says, Hey, pastor, I need you at the hospital. Um, it's not only that it is the maybe internal conflicts or disagreements or conversations happening that that you're involved, that you're in the room for. I yeah. think it's maybe the stress of those conversations that you're not in the room for, yeah. uh, where people are maybe talking about behind your back or, or second guessing decisions or, or even uh, your message direction, things like that. But then it's also just, as you talked about, the lack of real close friends that get what you do. Um, and, and can understand it. And I've seen this, uh, at least a movement of pastors specifically on those that are in the influencer realms that I'll say that say, hey, we're friends, we talk and, and we've got our group of pastors. But uh, let me ask you this, you know, from a really practical standpoint, uh, why is it that so many pastors are going on this journey alone? It's a challenging question for me to answer because I don't go it alone. At least I don't feel that I am going it alone at this point. I want to be known and fully known. And so I guess I have to think back for a moment because there was a time, I suppose, when I, I was going it alone. And there was a couple of factors that contributed to that. Uh, number one, for me personally, busyness. I got into ministry and thought, okay, I've got to do this and do this. And I've got to meet this person. And, and you just get really busy. And ministry is very, can be a very all-consuming calling. 
And so for a new pastor stepping into the role, you, you know, you're the senior guy now and you're excited about it. You've got new ideas. You've got fresh ideas. And those ideas take time and they take energy and they take effort. And you're the one that's doing it. And so I want to say that sometimes as a pastor or ministry leader, we can we leave people behind unintentionally, like friends, things that we used to enjoy, maybe even some sports. You know, for me, you know, I like to be outside, like to hike and hunt and all that stuff. And so I left that stuff behind for years. And uh, it wasn't until I really realized, hey, wait a second, what's going on, that I began to pick some of those things up that were good for my soul. So, so there's that factor. The other issue is just this mentality that really, you know, some pastors, they, they trust the wrong person and they get hurt, right? You know, if they step out from a vocation and a career and they had a band of brothers and they step into the pastoral role and maybe someone uh, indicates that they're their friend, but they're really not. So they get hurt through relationships. And then I'll mention a third thing, uh, at least in traditionally established churches, People that are first-time pastors will quickly realize that people are going to treat you differently just because you're the pastor. Uh, and so that, that can be a real hindrance to genuine relationship. People are guarded with you because they think that you're a spiritual giant or that they've got things going on in their life that they don't want you to know about. And so it really hinders relationships. So Kyle, it's a great question. I don't know if I've answered it fully, but there, I'll just say there are multiple things, external and internal and situational that isolate pastors. And certainly not all my friends have the same vocation that I do, but it is interesting to me that it may be a a spiritual component, right? Um, Divisiveness, but it also is really just a, a practical or kind of a practice that pastors have made to defend against getting wounded, you know, yeah. and, and I just say that uh, I definitely feel that pastors should be talking to other pastors outside of their building, outside of their four walls, and not just, hey, let me call up an old seminary bud, but have like real relationships with other church leaders uh, because they know you best and they know the challenges and they can encourage you uh, in this long journey. What a great way to send at the at the end or towards the end of a, a long ministry journey is to, to talk to someone and say, hey, remember when uh, we were doing this 20, 30, 40, yeah. 50 years ago. Um, those relationships have to build over time. And certainly that's what pastors want. Well, I think you're exactly right, Kyle. And what it really boils down to is, is time. And that's one thing that pastors don't sometimes don't seem to have a lot of, but, you know, time to develop those relationships. And it, it can be such an enriching blessing. And we'll talk more about, about that when we get to some of the tips for leading for the long game. But it absolutely is critical to have those type of relationships with people that are going to be good. Uh, I, I'll say it again, good for your soul, encouraging. Uh, strengthening to your leadership, just to you as a, a Christ follower. And I know you talked about some of those tips, so let's let's get after it. Uh, as a segue here, as we're talking about other people, one of them was remain accountable to others. What's the purpose of accountability? Uh, is it just to prevent you know moral failures, or is it really a, a enriching experience? Well, I think the first thing that we could say about accountability is is that it's part of God's design. When you look at it, you know, our Christian faith was not to be lived in isolation. And we see this from the beginning with the disciples. And so regardless of where you are theologically on a plurality of leadership or, you know, maybe you're not there 
you still, even if you're one who believes I've got to be the, the senior soul leader at my, my congregation, you better have accountability in your life. I do strongly believe that it is God's design for each of us uh, to be accountable to others. I believe it makes us better. And by the way, it's fun. It's enriching. You, 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 you grow and you become more like Christ as you go on the journey, your journey, your personal journey of following Jesus and intimacy with him, which is so critical. I'm not just talking about your church journey. Your church journey is secondary. Your first calling and journey is, is to be a passionate lover of Jesus, follower of Jesus. To do that with others and have others hold you accountable, people that you can trust in that is, is absolutely enriching. But the last thing that I'll mention about that is, is the fact that we have seen uh, ministry leaders fall out due to a lack of accountability. In fact, I was going through some cities yesterday. Uh, the, some of the same cities where there was a large ministry, 13, 14 churches networked together, probably 20,000 people engaged, uh, where the ministry leader had some issues with staff and the ministry dissolved. And man, it, it's an it's a unchurched area. As I've been traveling through the Pacific Northwest, I'll just tell you, it's not like the Bible Belt, not like Texas or Oklahoma. Churches are far and few between up here, and I thought, how sad. So we've got to remain accountable to others. So Dace, I think your second point is about resting regularly. We've talked a lot about rest, uh, especially over the last several months. But let me ask you this. What happens if we don't rest regularly? Well, for, for a lot of people, and myself included, we have this mentality that we've just got to power through, you know, take a little bit of Advil, and if you're not getting or seeing the results you want to see, you need to try harder. In sports and academics, sometimes we embrace, we learn that technique, and the truth of the matter is, is that we must rest. If we don't rest, we won't be at our best, and I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but it just, there you go. If we don't rest, we won't be at our best, and, and what that means is, you won't be at your best when it comes to hearing from God. We have to rest sometimes so that we can hear clearly from God. We won't be at our best when it comes to our interactions with our family, our loving our family, our caring for others, and uh, really we'll just be in general insensitive, I think, to the, the needs and the issues of others in life that we need to be sensitive to without rest. It has a numbing effect and a uh, it's just so critical. Well, I say this in jest and and really not to be a pest, but but to test you about the rest is best <laughs> while you're in the Northwest. Uh, well done, Dace. Um, that was well done. Wow. That, do, you, do you like that? That's amazing. You 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 are. I mean, I have massive respect for you before, but you know, you're on a whole nother level with this level of rhyming and puns. Maybe you should have been a rapper. You know that that yeah, a rapper or a poet. Um, you know, I've got a future ahead of me uh, if this if these podcast sponsors don't come through. Uh, well, absolutely. And hey, let me let me highlight one thing about rest, though. Um, and I don't know if you'll be able to create any rhymes regarding this, but I'm going to try. Okay, awesome. You've got to have a plan for rest, and and we've talked before. Rest is not sitting in your living room. You know, just you know, avoiding, you know, loud noises and in darkness. Maybe for some people it is, but rest is whatever enriches and, and fills your soul, right? I mean, that could be a walk outside. That could be a, a jog. That could be working in a garden or a flower bed, you know, doing a an enjoyable home improvement project. And I say enjoyable because sometimes those can be very frustrating to me, depending on if I'm fixing something that's broken. And so you've got to have a plan. What that means is 
in short, you've got to carve out the time and you've got to do it. And so you better schedule it. And you know, and we've talked on previous episodes that one of the things that I wasn't doing for a long time is I was not scheduling my time off my, you know, I was just kind of going with the flow. I'd have a few appointments. I'd schedule my appointments, but that was it. I wasn't scheduling rest. I wasn't scheduling family time. I wasn't scheduling, you know, the other really important things. And so if you don't schedule it, it won't happen. And rest is important. So you better schedule it. I just picture you at the garden. And so um, Dave's <laughs> growing those tomatoes. What I hear you say is that uh, you are a fan uh, of planning. And so if not, uh, just put your hand to the land and make it work. So <laughs> that, that's right. And uh, since I don't like gardening tomatoes, you don't have to come up with a rhyme that rhymes with oh, tomato. Wow. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness. Hey, and so, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about um, recharging with recreation and what you find in nature and, and what you, you you like to go hunt. And, and that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I think that part of it, uh, rather than focusing on that, because I do think uh, we, we've talked about that, but I also think people intuitively kind of get that and, yeah. and want to go have fun. How does that reflect um, God's glory, but also how does that repurpose you back to uh, a higher calling that God has, has placed you in so that you can have a uh, thriving long-term ministry? You know, when we're talking about God's glory, I, I think that it's just uh, a wonderfully liberating thing to remember that, that, you know, God created you and he created you with his particular way. Every, each of us are created uniquely and there are things that we love to do and we can do those and enjoy those things for God's glory. You can enjoy all the things that we've talked about, you know, right? Friendship. I think about late nights drinking a cup of coffee with uh, with some good friends and telling stories and enjoying that time of uh, of laughing, of sharing life together. And you can do that for God's glory. In my view, you can hunt, you can be outside in the wilderness and you can praise God for every step of it. But as you enjoy those things and as you do those things, the fundamental thing that I believe is going to keep a person uh, going in the long haul is to remember the one who's leading you, to remember the example, and to remember the calling, the unique and special calling that God has given you as a follower and a minister. So this is really our final point, and that is to remember your calling, your high calling. The calling is really the only thing that ultimately is going to keep a person going in ministry. Older, wiser people have told me this, and uh, my own ministry experience for the past nine years I've had to return to this many times. I've had to return to the example of Christ. When things got difficult or things are, are really hard, I turn to Hebrews and I, I see in the scripture the example of Jesus, his humility, his suffering, his endurance. And I'm reminded that the reason why I have to keep going is because I'm not serving myself. I've got a special gift, a calling from God that God wants me to fulfill. He loves me and he wants me to fulfill this calling. And so that's so critical. So to those pastors and church leaders listening, we want you to be encouraged. Uh, We want you to have a long-term tenure in ministry. And one thing that I would add over what Dace was talking about is um, if you're at that point, or maybe you've stepped out of ministry and you just feel like, hey, I'm not called to this uh, right now, or I need to get away, that doesn't have to be a forever solution. Uh, maybe the step for you is to step away for a minute and then get right back in because we want you to have um, not only a long-term, but a healthy, a thriving uh, ministry and mission and purpose about you that, that God has called and placed you 
on this earth for a reason. And so uh, we want you to be encouraged. We want you to know you're loved. We want you to have uh, other people around you that you can have fun with, that you can talk with, because ultimately we believe that the people around you are going to be better if you are better. So we hope that you've enjoyed this episode of the Thriving in Ministry podcast as we talked about preparing and planning for the long game in ministry. We would love it if you would share this podcast with someone else in your circle of influence. Uh, If you could like and subscribe, that would be really helpful. Uh, It helps grow the reach of the Thriving in Ministry podcast. That's right. And if you have any questions, be sure to email us at thedailypastor at gmail.com. Have a blessed day. Here's how Daily Pastor supports church leaders. First, register your email to get access to our latest content. Second, subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media. Third, get the encouragement and tools you need. This is a Thriving in Ministry podcast brought to you by Daily Pastor.